Let's read the word of the Lord. Luke chapter 1, verse 26. In the sixth month, God sent an angel, Gabriel, to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at the words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid. Mary, you have found favor with God. And you will be with child and give birth to a son. And you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. How can this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who is said to be barren is in her sixth month. For nothing is impossible with God. Would you say that with me? For nothing is impossible with God. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me as you have said. And the angel left her. Father, we thank you for what you're going to do this morning. We thank you for the time of worship that we've had already. Now, Lord, as we open your word, your word that remains forever, a lamp unto a feet and a light upon our path, move in power this morning. If you have the freedom to pray in the spirit, just go ahead and do that right now. Ask God to talk to you. Ask God to minister to you. We're not here for a lecture. Holy Spirit, move in power. Do what you love to do this morning. We give you praise and glory in Jesus name. Amen. You may be seated. We do have notes. If you don't have those, you can go ahead and, and um, lift your hand. One of the ushers, if you would, please bring notes to the people that need them. As I was reading the Christmas story to my son a little earlier this week, those words jumped right off the page. With God, nothing's impossible. It really is the meaning of Christmas. With God, nothing's impossible. A baby born to a virgin without an earthly father. With God, nothing's impossible. Joseph, a righteous man, would actually marry her, given the whole circumstances about that and what would be said of him. The angelic announcement to the shepherds and shepherds, Coming and proclaiming the birth of the Messiah. Amazing. All, all these amazing, miraculous things that took place. The wise men coming from the east. Following a star. A celestial body that guides them to the city of David, Bethlehem. The house of bread where Jesus would be born in a manger. Impossible with man, but not with God, for nothing is impossible with God. Elizabeth, barren, is barren no more. 
Because with God, nothing is impossible. You begin to think about this, and it's a tremendous message for us today. It's a tremendous message for our nation. It's a tremendous message for this age. It's, a, it's really a pessimistic age. Write that in your notes. It's a, it's a needed message for this pessimistic age. You can't watch the news. Now, I personally, I, I've just felt led to disconnect the cable from my house, but I do have a gigantic internet pipeline that comes to my home. So I, I'm in touch with all that happens, and I read most of the news. And when you read the news or when you watch perhaps CNN or Fox News Network or MSNBC, you can't but help but be overloaded by the hopelessness of the situation around the world from North Korea, South Korea, the, that which is taking place all around the world. It's, there's so much pessimism. My gosh, you could end up in depression if you just watch the news. And the thing that's amazing to me is this. It's always been that way, really, although it's gotten more, it's worse. In the 70s, some of you might remember, there was a whole talk of a new ice age. They were so concerned about the earth getting cold and this new ice age that was coming. Well, they changed their mind, and now, you know, now it's global warming. In the, in the 80s, in the 80s, they were so concerned about the alignment of the planets. Do you, does anybody remember that? It was like, when the planets align, that's it. What about in 2012, Pastor? I heard the, the Mayan calendar says that in 2012, I heard the Mayan calendar says 2012, that's the end of the earth. Look, they just got tired of doing the calendar. That's why. <laughs> then again, maybe not. How many of you remember Y2K? <laughs> People running out buying generators, stockpiling food. Y2K, it's that binary digit thing. Computers can't handle it. It's all going to go south. When you read through the Word, you can't but help but see that with God, Nothing is impossible. Listen to the scriptures that I read to you now. Genesis eighteen fourteen. Is anything too hard for the Lord? I will return to you at the appointed time next year and Sarah will have a son. Job 42, 2. I know that you can do all things. No purpose of yours can be thwarted. Jeremiah 32, 17. Ah, sovereign Lord. You've made the heavens and the earth by your great power and your outstretched arm. Nothing is too hard for you. Luke 18, 27. And he said, these things which are impossible with men are possible with God. Matthew 19, 26. Jesus looked at him and said, with man, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. I love what the Apostle Paul says in the book of Romans, chapter 4, and verse 18. Against all hope, Abraham and hope believed, and so became the father of many nations. Just as it had been said to him, so shall your offspring be. Without, weaken, without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead. Since he was about a hundred years old, and Sarah's womb was also dead. 
Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had power to do what he had promised. It was impossible and unnatural, but God is the God of the impossible. Impossible for you and me? Nothing is impossible with him, however. Isaiah 55, 11. And so my word goes out from my mouth and will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. Isaiah chapter 50 and verse 2. Was my arm too short to deliver you? I do not lack strength to rescue you. By a near rebuke I dry up the sea and turn rivers into desert. He's God. That's why he can say to a Lazarus, Come forth, and death has got to let him go. That's when he can send Peter to go fishing and find two coins, one for him and, and one for Jesus for tax time. That's why when the 5,000 are hungry, he shows up, blesses it, and the food's multiplied. And 5,000, some say 20,000 people are totally fed, and they bring home 12 baskets of leftovers. Come on, His name is Jesus. He's the Messiah. He's God. Nothing's impossible with Him. You say, well, you don't know my mother-in-law. No. You've got to be strengthened with faith today. You've got to understand that what is it? Who would think that God would send His only begotten Son so that you and I could be sin-free and delivered, healed and whole, send His only Son to die on a cross, to rise again from the ground? Ha, ha! Hey! With God, nothing is impossible. Say it. With God, nothing is impossible. Somebody say amen in the house of God. It's a corrective message, really. You say corrective in what way? The humanistic worldview, you say, what's that? What's a humanistic worldview? The humanistic worldview is this, that God doesn't exist and man is the center of all things. The humanistic worldview basically leads to two options. One, fantasy. Come on, you remember Fantasy Island? All right, deployed. Remember? The humanistic worldview leads to either fantasy or despondency. You see, if man is the center of all things, we're in trouble. Now, there's, there's the, the, the human potential movement, it's called. They put out a lot of tapes. They have seminars that you pay thousands of dollars for. And you can go to learn that you're actually God, but you forgot. Now, I, I actually have a problem with a God, somebody who thinks they're God and forgot. I have a problem with a God who would forget he was God. See, what do you mean? It's proven. We only use a small portion of our mind. Look, there's no doubt, absolutely, that I, don't th- that I think that we don't come up to our full potential. And that God desires to raise us up to a new level of excellence. God desires to use us in greater and greater ways. And we're made in His image. You see, the problem with the whole human potential movement, if I may go ahead and say so. You say, what about those supernatural feats that they do? It says in 1 John that every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus has come in the flesh is not of God. So basically that's this. Whenever you see a, a sign and a wonder and a miracle that doesn't give glory to God, it's not from God. It's from the devil. That's why it says in Scripture that Satan comes like, like a, 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 an angel of light. So if people get healed but no glory is given to God, watch out. Don't go for that healing. So there's this fantasy, well, if we just understand that we're God and we can release our full creative power, then we can do all of these signs and wonders and miracles. Again, 
It's a very scary line when that crosses over and becomes a demonic power that's then releasing miracles. Because you basically elevated yourself like Lucifer did. I will ascend to the sides of the north. I will become like God, you know. You begin to think that you're God, you're in trouble. And it's you're in a fantasy. You are on Fantasy Island. But the, the other side of that is that the concept that we're, you know, that God doesn't care. That we're just a, a chance accident in a chance universe rising from the primordial slime. That we're just a series of combinations of chemical reactions that have come together to produce a human being. I mean, you've got to have more faith to have that happen to believe that actually God created mankind. And, and, and it's, a, it's a message of despondency simply because if that's all there is, holy cow. I mean, that's depressing. Despondency is, is, is a depression, is a gloom. So this is a corrective message that with God all things are possible. Christmas is the greatest message. It's the message of the gospel. It's the message that God stepped out of time and space. Stepped into time and space, I should say. Stepped out of eternity. Stepped into time and space. Put on robes of flesh. Walked the earth for 33 years. Died on a cross for you and me so that we could be redeemed. He's the last Adam. The curse that came through the first Adam left through the last Adam. God is not like the deist would say who just wound up creation like a clock and let it go. He's very involved in creation. He loves us. In fact, we're the object of his love. The object of his Affection. Yet he's outside of time and space. Look at B. God must be our focus. And we find fulfillment as human beings living for him. Therefore, that phrase, nothing, that phrase, nothing is impossible with God, is quite a phrase. I want to look at this text, and we're going to find five things here from the life of Mary on how to allow God's power to be demonstrated in the world. Because when I read this, I thought to myself, well, that's just exciting. Now, how, how do we release God's power? How do we see the, the impossible released into the earth? How do we do that? What's the practical aspect of that, Pastor? How many of you would like to know that? I mean, I like good messages. I like messages that are just encouraging and stuff. I want to speak to you right from the text, right from the Word, about how we can see that happen in our life. Look at the first thing. There's five things. First one is find favor with God. If you look at verse 30, actually verse 28 and 30, verse 28 says, The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you are highly favored. Now this is fascinating if I could just take you a little deeper for a moment. We might lose some of you. Hang on. I'll pick you up in a minute. These two verses, in fact, let me grab my, my Bible. These two verses, verse 28 and following, read it with me. Greetings, you are highly favored. There's a preposition there. King James says grace. It's a preposition meaning there's a conferring grace. There's a, there's a released grace. How many of you are thankful for the grace of God? Unmerited favor that you did not earn. So the greeting comes to Mary. Greetings, you are highly favored in the New International Version. But the next time when she says she's greatly troubled at the words and wondered what kind of greeting this would be, 
But the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, you have found favor. So we see the word twice, their favor. Favor and favor. They mean two different things. The first one is, the first one is meta, meaning there's a conferred grace, there's a released grace. The second preposition there is para in the Greek. And what that means is it's a grace that only comes by walking in intimacy with God. It's a picture that there's a grace that's released to Mary because she walked with him. Side by side fellowship. There's a grace that comes upon you when you receive Jesus because you believe. There is another grace. There's another favor. There's an anointing that comes upon you. When you walk with Him. When you talk with Him. When you spend intimate time with Him. It's not, it's not that she just believed God and had grace to believe God. It's that she believed God. She had grace to believe a conferred grace that was released in, the, in verse 28. Verse 30 says a, a grace or a favor that's released because she walked with God. Enoch walked with God and was no more. Come on, everybody say favor. I should do a series called Walking in the Fog. Walking in the favor of God. Fog. The first thing out of the five things of how to demonstrate God's power is you've got to learn how to walk in His favor is the first thing that we see in the text. How do you walk in favor? There's so much to it. But from this simple text, it really points to the fact that Mary... She wasn't just some, just some other girl around Galilee. She had this intimate walk with God. That's what that text says in verse 30. An intimate walk with Him. And that intimate walk released favor. Grace. Not just a conferred grace, but a grace that only comes through fellowship. The second thing that you'll see is that she surrendered to God's will. Verse 38. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. And the angel left her. You know, she didn't have to say, bring it. I'll do it. Whatever you said, I'm in. Some people want favor. Some people want the power of God, but they're not willing to surrender. You know, Mary could have said, you know something, I'm not down with that because, like, I'm supposed to be married and you can just send your message to somebody else. Can you imagine what it would be like for for that little sister? Can you imagine? She's young. She's a virgin. She's pledged to be married. That would wreck her marriage plans. Hello? He said, well, anybody would say yes. No, there's people here today. You've said the very same thing to God. God spoke to you to do something. You said, no, no. And then you wonder why, why he's still quiet, why you don't have favor. You haven't surrendered to God. I love what the one preacher said, he's either the God of all or he ain't the God at all for you. The Lord of all or not, he's either the Lord of all or he's not the Lord at all. Come on, are you holding out on God? Have you totally surrendered to him? Some of you are struggling with stuff and it's only because you're, you haven't surrendered. Just give it up. Quit doing it your own way. Come on, smile at me. Don't look at me with that religious tone of voice. Come on. Mary surrendered. She was surrendered. Are you surrendered? Want to have God's power manifested in your life? Want to see God's power, the power of nothing impossible released in your life? The first thing is you got to have favor with God. 
No, you have favor because he loves you. But there's another favor that comes by walking with him. Come on, he confides his secret in those who fear him. God, God loves everybody, but he's not intimate with everybody. Lord, Lord, did we not cast out devils in your name? And then he says, get away from me, I never knew you. The word knew is, is and I don't want you to skew this because it has nothing to do with sexual intimacy, but it's the intimacy that's shared between a husband and a wife. Which is far, it's, it's a oneness that's shared. Get away from me, I never knew you. So you could actually do miracles, signs and wonders, and, 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 and you wouldn't really even know God? Sure. Absolutely. That's why the, that's why the, the, the great evangelist who's sleeping with his secretary, come on, children's churches upstairs, people. The great evangelist who's in sin, perhaps, and there's been many, and we could list the names. The great evangelist who's in sin, how is it that God still does miracles? Very simply. Very simply that God honors people's faith. People come to be healed. He loves them. He wants to touch them. He'll use a donkey. He can use an evangelist who's in sin. And the name of Jesus is the name of Jesus. Whether you backslide to hell today or serve him all of your life, the name of Jesus, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess. Come on, we've got to surrender. Let me have the mistaken idea that God's will is the only will in the world. I looked up the population of the earth. Last night on Google, don't know exactly how accurate it is, but it's 6.8 billion people, almost 7 billion. And the population of the earth has not stopped growing since the 1400s in the Black Death. It was going backwards for a little bit right there. Since then, it's been growing. What are you saying? I'm saying that sure God has a will, but you have one too. And look, go ahead, look at your neighbor. Tell them you look lovely today or handsome. Go ahead. All right. Yeah. yeah. Your neighbor, your neighbor has a will. In fact, 6.888 billion wills in the earth. I have a will. You have a will. And there's somebody else out there that has a will too. His name is Satan. Yeah. He's got a will to steal, kill, and, and destroy. So it's not just God's will. Now, there's certain things that cannot be shifted no matter what happens. Jesus is coming back. That's an unconditional prophecy. No matter what anybody does, he's returning. But there's other things that are conditional. I came to church, Pastor, and I got that scripture, Jeremiah 29, 11, since God knows the plans he has for me, plans to give me hope and a future. And I'd come to him and pray, and Lord, I just don't see any of that. Well, listen, you've got to come to him, you've got to pray, you've got to do your part. You've got to surrender your will. Mary apparently had a surrendered will to God. The upset that this caused her and her family, none of us here can understand the gravity of that. You're going to become pregnant. Everybody's going to call you a hussy. And, some of you don't know what that is, hussy. And not only that, but you're going to get stoned. Not, not today's standards. I mean, they're going to run up on you with rocks and pummel your head. Because you've broken the Levitical law and brought disgrace to your whole family. That's what she's looking at. And Joseph, going to lose her love. She didn't understand it, but she said, never, you know, I, I, may it, I'm your servant. 
Wow. The third thing we see of how to, how to have the power of God demonstrated in the earth to see the impossible. Number one, find favor. Number two, surrender. The third thing is allow the Holy Spirit to fill you. Now this is a fascinating word here. Look with me. How can this be, she says. How can this be, Mary asked the angel, since I'm a virgin? She didn't understand. It's different than what, what Zachariah says. Zachariah says, what? Prove it. As the angel stands before the, before the incense and says, your wife, who's barren, Elizabeth, she's going to give birth. His name's going to be John. He'll come in the spirit and the power of Elijah. And his response is, prove it. And the, basically, and the angel says, I'm Gabriel. I stand in the pre- You fool. Now you're going to be deaf and dumb. You know, that's it. She didn't understand it, but she, she had a heart of like, I'm willing, I'm in, count me in, but I don't get it. Because that doesn't make sense. Look, his ways are higher than your ways. His thoughts are higher than your thoughts. He knows how to do the thing. You just live for him. Surrender to him. And allow the Holy Spirit to, to overshadow you. Here's what the angel says. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Now it's important, a number of things here. One, releasing the, how to release the, the power of God so that the nothing is possible is manifested in your life, manifested in the earth. The third point, allow the Holy Spirit to overshadow you. Now, here's this word overshadow is really a reference to, to the cloud in, in Exodus 40, 38, to the Shekinah glory of God. He's saying the Holy Spirit's going to overshadow you. The picture is, when you study that word, it's in Greek and I can't pronounce it. It's to wrap you in an envelope of light. The Holy Spirit's going to come and stuff you in an envelope of light. Where there is no darkness. And you will become pregnant so that the, the baby born will be called the Son of God. What God had to do, which some of you don't understand, is He had to remove the sin transferred from blood from generation to generation so that there was no earthly father. There could be no earthly father. Simply because the blood, and if you understand biology, and, and, and I don't, but I understand that the, the, the male is really the producer of the blood for a child. I think I got that right. Where's my physicians? So, so literally, there could be no earthly father. There had to be a virgin. There could be no intercourse. And don't ever even think of it like that with God. He already stuffed her in an envelope of light, and she became pregnant by the Heavenly Father. Without the act of intercourse, a supernatural event. That must have been quite a service. I've been in some Holy Ghost services, man. That, that would... What was service like? Man, God came and He stuffed me in an envelope of light. Now, don't listen. Don't be getting weird. You put this out of context and, and, and just say, I don't know, Pastor. I just got stuffed in there. Shut up. You got locked in your car at Hatcher's Pass. Don't tell me you get cooked. Come on. Ain't no, it doesn't happen like that anymore. Everybody say, it doesn't happen like that anymore. But I wonder what that was like. 
I'll tell you what does happen now. The Holy Spirit does come upon people. Acts chapter 2. The Holy Spirit does come upon people and He does still release, if you will, impregnates with power and brings miracle signs and wonders. He still does that. Some of you need to be overshadowed. When's the last time you got stuffed in an envelope of light? If that never happens to me, that's because you never surrendered. Let's back up a point. Allow the Holy Spirit to overshadow you. It's a choice, really. Sometimes we just think, well, it's the sovereignty of God. It's a choice. There was, a, there was 500 people that saw Jesus ascend into the heavens. Only 120 in the upper room. Where did the other people go? Well, they got hungry. They had to go feed their cows. They had to, they had to do whatever. All kinds of priorities can rise up to in, instead of getting in the envelope of light. Somehow, the 120 waited. They took God at His word and He's waited. Some of you need to spend time in His presence. And as you do that, you'll see God's power released in your life. You know, Mary was pregnant than more than just the Son of God. She had Bartimaeus, Bartimaeus' eyes in there. Jesus would bring, come on, follow me. Jesus would, Jesus would bring a miracle to a blind Bartimaeus. She was pregnant with this miracle. She was pregnant with Lazarus' resurrection. She was pregnant with the 5,000, pregnant with the 4,000, pregnant with all the miracle signs and wonders that would come through. Some of you have a vision from God, and if you don't surrender, you don't give your whole heart to the thing and allow the Holy Spirit to overshadow you, He wants to impregnate you with more than just what you see in the natural eye. She didn't understand, oh yeah, Jesus, the Messiah. I mean, I'm sure she thought, Jesus, Yeshua, Joshua, Deliverer. Wow. But she didn't understand all that that meant. She didn't understand that millennium later, you and I would be sitting here raising our hands, in Jesus' name, praying in tongues, filled with the Spirit, come on, going across sea and land, living for God, proclaiming the gospel, laying hands on the sick. Has anybody been healed in here? Anybody ever before? She was pregnant with your healing. And it continues to this day. When God overshadows you, He'll put, He'll put something on the inside of you that's more than just for you. Don't be so selfish. Some of you are in a battle that's just gigantic, gargantuan in size. And you're wondering, God, why is that so hard? Well, it's, it's not just about you. It's about all the people that you'll touch if you walk in victory. And listen, some of you in the desert today are in a desert, not, not for any other reason so that you can just learn to exert the authority that He's given you in Christ. Some of you just think God's beating up on you. He's not. The devil's nervous. Be encouraged. Good point. That's D. Be encouraged. Everybody say, be encouraged. It's interesting that the angel says, right after all of that, you know, Elizabeth, your cousin's also pregnant. In other words, he said, the power of the Most High is going to overshadow you. I'm going to stuff you in an envelope of light, and you're going to become pregnant 
Oh, and as an illustration of my power, do you remember Elizabeth? The one who couldn't get pregnant and was laughed at to scorn even there were devout, righteous people serving God. A, a, a woman who came from a priestly line married to Zechariah who also came from a priestly line. There was reproach on them because they were barren. Yet God answered the prayer that they used to pray. That's what that text says. Your prayer has been heard. The prayer you used to pray has been heard. And she's now six months pregnant. And the angel tells Mary, Elizabeth's pregnant. The next thing she does, look what she does in the text. At that time, verse 39, Mary got up and hurried out of town to the hill country dairy. And she, she goes right off to see Elizabeth. She gets the message, up, gotta go. Listen, she runs to an Elizabeth. She didn't know Elizabeth was pregnant. She went to go see if the angel was actually really bringing it. Was that a real prophetic word? Can you imagine? And she ran up and saw the baby. Woo! And then, oh no! <laughs> it's true, it's true, oh God! What's Joseph going to say? Who's the father? Our father. What? What are you talking about? Have you bumped your head? Who fathered that child? God. You know, I mean, they'd put her on Ritalin or something. They'd try to give her something. Prozac milkshake. Lock her up. Everybody say, be encouraged. Fascinating to me that, that the angel would tell her, just to, as a source of encouragement in the midst of her impossibility, in the midst of this tremendous announcement, go and find Elizabeth. Testimonies are so important. Testi Listen, you could feel the shift and faith rise just a little bit when I told you about this, this woman that we prayed for eight months ago who's now cancer-free. When you testify about what God's done for you, come on, Revelation 12, 11, they overcome the devil by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of their testimony, and they love their lives not so much as to shrink from death. Your testimony's powerful. She ran to hear and to see a testimony of God's impossibility operating as an illustration in Elizabeth, and it had to encourage the little girl. The fifth thing, how to allow God's power to be demonstrated. I, I should say, listen, when you testify about what God did for you, it releases His power. The testimony of Jesus, it says in the book of Revelation, is the spirit of prophecy. Spirit of prophecy is the testimony of Jesus. When you testify, it releases faith for God to do it again. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Has God done anything for anybody up in here? Yeah. Great. All ten of you. Anybody else? All right. If he hasn't done anything for you yet, stick around and watch what he's going to do. He's going to do it. Because with God, all things are possible. Come on, say it again. With God. All things are, all the people on the world wide web, all the podcasters, everybody here this morning with God, all things are possible. I did a study in Greek as well as in the Hebrew and Aramaic on the word all. You know what it means? All. Everything. Look at E. Believe. Now we didn't read this verse, but in verse 45, in verse 45, it says, Blessed is she 
who has believed that the Lord would fulfill her promise to her. All things are possible, says the scripture, to them that believe. There's an old Pentecostal song, and it's an only believe. Smith Wigglesworth would run meetings, raised, I don't know, how many dead did he raise? Seven people from the dead, I think. Raised his wife from the dead three times, the third time she said, will you let me go? I was with uh, Dr. Morocco, and we were attending a funeral, and I'm thinking the boy died too early, and he just died too early. And I said, you know, maybe we raise him up, Pastor. What do you think, Doc? Just raise him up. He said, well, we better have a real word from God. He's going to be real mad if we raise him up and pull him out of glory. <laughs> you see, people have been raised from the dead in Africa. They are the most ticked-off people you have ever seen in your life. No, that's true. They've come back, many of them, so upset that they have to come back and live in this, that they're so bent out of shape and so upset, then they get over it and realize, okay, God's will, God's will. Here we go. I surrender, I surrender. Come on, somebody say you believe. Believe. Faith, they're tied. They're tied together in the Greek language, pistis. You've got to believe. I didn't just curse. It's a Greek word. You've got you to gotta believe. Everybody say believe. believe. Mary believed. Mary believed. You know, I, but sometimes I feel like, you know, the, the guy who's at the, Mount of Trans, at, the, at, the, at, the, at the base of the mountain after Jesus was transfigured. By the way, the transfiguration, same word, overshadowed. It's the same word right there, the transfiguration of what happened to Mary. The glory, the Shekinah came. Wow. The man who's there with his son, whose his son is thrown into the fire by demon power and is trying to cast out the devils. The disciples couldn't do it. Pharisees standing there all making fun of, the, of their lack of power. Jesus comes and asks the guy if he wants him to do something. The man says, I believe. Do you believe? Jesus said. He says, I believe. Help my unbelief. Anybody ever feel that way? How do we see the God of the impossible manifested? You've got to believe that he wants to do it. You've got to release your faith that he wants to do it. There's so much more that we could put in this text like a boldness. It took boldness. You can write that in the side notes somewhere. It took boldness of Mary to run to Elizabeth. It took boldness. I'm challenged by this word on Christmas. Our Christmas Sunday service. I get the great privilege of preaching like three or four Christmas messages. You know, the danger is to just use and read this text when it's only Christmas. It's a miracle. I'm challenged by this word. I'm, I'm challenged by the word to pray more. I'm challenged by the word that... Listen, if you pray continually, you'll have continual releases of God's power in your life. If you don't pray, what makes you think that actually you can have the God of the impossible manifested through you? Just because you're pretty or something? Just because you're handsome? Now, I'm, I'm thankful that you're pretty and handsome. That's great. But that ain't going to get it. Prayer. The Son of God prayed. 
Jesus prayed. The Apostle Paul, who wrote three quarters of the New Testament, prayed. Paul said, join me as my struggle as we pray. I'm challenged by, by this to pray more, to have... To have a closer intimacy with God so that, so that I would know Him in a greater way. There, I'm going to tell you, there is, you know, the whole Mariology and the whole worship of Mary. Uh, in, I was having an, I'm going to take a rabbit trail. I, w- I was having a, a discussion with my charismatic Catholic aunt years ago. And um, she received the baptisms of the Holy Spirit. She's really on fire. And as we're riding in the car... I wanted to destroy the, 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 the worship of Mary. And rightly so. Mary should not be worshipped. But as I sat there and made my argument, and I had studied, I was ready. Made my argument. She nodded and said, well, yeah. But you got to admit, there must have been something about that young girl was close to God, I thought. Good point. I said, yeah, you're right. And then in studying this text, it literally says, if you study it, it says that Mary walked with God side by side. This grace, this favor was released because of her intimate walk with God. Now, many people want to do great things for Him. But they're not willing to surrender. They're not willing to take a risk. And I I found this. I found the closer I get to him, the easier it is to surrender. Because he's the one I've actually been looking for all my life. And the closer I get, the closer I walk with him, the greater boldness comes on me. Look, when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you are not drunk with wine, but filled with the Holy Spirit, he tells you to do something. It's easy. It's easy to give. Come on, it's it's easy. This text challenges me to pray more like that. I don't mean, now I lay me down to sleep, I pray to your Lord, my soul to keep. And if I die before, I don't mean that kind of thing. That ain't going to get you the intimacy with God. Spending time with Him. Letting Him put you in an envelope of light. Being, being, being on the mount of transfiguration, if you will. Being overshadowed by His Holy Spirit. All of that soaking in His presence. You ever heard of soaking prayer? So we, we've taught on it before, but just to remind you, for some of you who might be new, soaking prayer is just get in His presence and be quiet. Be still. Know that He's gone. Sit there. Enjoy His presence. Your mind fills with the chatter of whether you left the toaster plugged in or not. You know, just get a piece of paper, write all that stuff down, then put it to the side and just sit there and wait on Him. It challenges me. There's two little boys who raised by their, their mother and their father. They learned to pray when they were very young. And they're three or four. It's a true story. Three or four, the, the mother would say, now, you pray out loud. And we do this with our children. We teach our kids to pray out loud. And they would. And there came a point when their mother got very sick. I think the kids were five and six then. Mother got very ill with TB, and this is many, many years ago, and was sent away from their home in Florida where they lived and sent to a hospital for TB. And it was during the Christmas holiday that 
or should I say during the holidays? It's during the holidays. That if that irritates you, you probably have a religious bone. Amen. Just thought I'd give it a little thump. They they got in their heart, they said, We're just we're gonna pray until mom gets healed. They went to go see their mother and her, their mother came out on a balcony. They couldn't even go up. And they waved through the blurred tears. They saw their mother, but they couldn't be with her during Christmas. And they went home. Both boys said, we're going to pray. They got a piano bench out, pushed it against a wall, got down on their knees. Both of them, God, they, they said, as I read it, it said that they prayed so loud that the veins in their neck began to pop. And that all of the relatives who were over for Christmas and aunts and uncles and were just wanted them to shut up, but they would not. They, they, they continued to pray and continued to pray and continued to pray, and it irritated the whole house. And they were praying full voice and loud, five and six years old. They kicked them out and they prayed outside. And then eventually they stopped. A phone call came. Listen to this. A f- true testimony. A phone call came the following day that the mother, their, their mother and mom had been healed. And the story goes like this. That Jesus came in the room around that time when they were praying. He said that, that she said in testifying that she saw Jesus come in the room. He put her hand inside her body. The place where the TV was. And then took her hand out and told her it's going to be when they have an x-ray, it's not going to be there. And he walked out of the room. A doctor came in shortly thereafter and said, it's time for us to x-ray you again. And she was laughing and crying all at the same time. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? (laughs) Right, you get a real full-blown miracle when you laugh and cry at the same time. She said, well, you can take an x-ray, but you're not going to find anything there. They wheeled her down in the gurney. They gave her an x-ray. The only thing they could find was the scars from where the TV used to be, and it was gone, apparently. She went home, healed and whole, because two, two, a five and a six-year-old prayed. What was impossible with man is possible with God if, if we pray. Come on, somebody say, I'm going to pray more. I'm going to believe. Come on, say, I'm going to believe. You've got to take steps of faith. Look, at we're almost done. Take steps of faith. It challenges me to take steps of faith. You know, I, I do this workout that's grueling. I mean grueling. Sometimes I ask myself why I'm doing it. In fact, maybe every time I do it, I ask myself why I'm doing it. I have this sick thing that, actually, it's a blessing. My father put in me, as a Marine, and said, Brackens, don't quit. Okay. And so I just, I'm not allowed to quit. I just got this, I'm not quitting thing. What was I saying? Oh, wait. Oh, yeah. Thanks. And there comes inevitably, there comes a point in in the workout, I just can't do it. I mean, I just can't do it. And part of me, you know, if I'm not prayed up, then part of me is like, dude, just bail. You can do it better tomorrow. But I have this, this thing in me, it's the word that says, you can do all things through Christ. You can do it, it's not impossible. Just don't quit. 
And during, at those times, I, I call for my children usually. And I say, pray for me. <laughs> pray for me. And my kids go, God, help daddy. Help daddy. And they don't know what to pray. So I say, help me to finish. And they go, God, help daddy to finish. And he helps me. Listen, some of you need to, some of you don't nearly take the challenges that God's called you to because you're afraid. You've you, you got to take steps of faith if you want to see God manifest. You want to see the dream come about that He's given you. You must take steps of faith. And it's scary at times and you're out of breath at times. You've got to keep moving forward. Keep putting your foot one in front of the other. And believe God. Take steps of faith. Want to cut a CD? Start cutting them. Use GarageBand. Do something. Pray. Take steps of faith. Believe. Come on, we're doing it together. Anchorage. What about in the natural? Like I want to jump in a... Look, I want to go buffet my body just like you all do right now. No, no, no. No, I'm going to Anchorage and I want to go because God's called me to go and it's gotten easier. But at first I thought, I must have to get my head examined. I'm going to jump in a car and drive in the dead of winter at three below zero on icy roads, 60 miles to a place that's too far for me to pastor. How in God's name am I going to do that? Well, with God... All things are possible. And as we've done that, there's been people that have been touched. It's not as big as I wish it was yet. It's not nearly the place where I've, I've seen it in the Spirit. But there's people that have gone to hell if we didn't go. And they are there and they are looking forward to today's service. You don't know what will happen if you'll obey, if you'll take steps of faith. Last thing. This message gets my hopes up. I'm encouraged. Is anybody else encouraged? Come on, stand up on your feet and say say with God, all things are possible. Come on, say it again. Say with God, all things are possible. That is the message of the Christmas season. But you don't understand. No, you don't understand God's power who will manifest through His people who were surrendered to Him. Who have His favor. Who live and walk with Him. With God. All things are possible. Father, we give You praise for Your Word. Thank You for what You're doing in our midst. Thank You for Your presence, Lord. We give You glory. We give You honor give you praise God all things are possible God all things are possible you can do it with God you can you can do it yes you can you can make it yes you can he'll bring it through He'll anoint you to do it with God. All things are possible. All things are possible with Him. Father, we thank You. If you're here and you're facing some real difficult things of this holiday season, and you're saying, I don't know how I'm going to make it through this, just wave at me. Where are you at? Just right where you are. Come on, let's just agree right now. Come on, with God. All things are possible. 
Look, I used to just have to repeat. I just repeat that. So we say, you mean like a mantra? Well, not like that Eastern thing, but there's a principle of just saying the truth of God's Word over and over. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things through Christ. All things are possible with God. Come on, say it. All things are possible with God. Now, I pray for those families, for people here, for those on the web. Lord, for those that will listen to this message later, release faith, courage, and strength to know that what you are doing, no man can stop. To not live, Lord, by the temporal. Not to walk with, with just what we see, but to live by faith. Walk by faith. for Jesus. If you'd say that, then just give your heart back to Him. Recommit your life to Him. Give your heart to the Lord for the first time or make a recommitment. Or maybe you just want to be assured of your salvation. If you fit any of those three categories, giving your heart to Jesus for the first time, 
number one. Number two, recommitting your life to God. Number three, being assured of your salvation. If you fit any of those three categories, slip your hand up right now. Just do it right now. Slip your hand up. God bless you all the way in the back. God bless you over there. I see your hand. Anybody else? God bless you. Thank you for your honesty. Anybody else? Slip your hand up. Any of those three categories? Over here on this left side. God bless you. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you. Bless you. See that hand. See that hand. Praise God. Let's all pray just right out loud and say, Dear Jesus, thank you for dying in my place. Thank you for rising again from the grave. Come into my heart. Come into my life. Wash me. Cleanse me. Forgive me for all of my sin. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Amen. Holy Spirit, come and just touch your people now. Give them a wonderful time of celebrating your birth this week. Jesus' name. Would you take someone by the hand as we close? Pastor Karen, would you come and join me, please? Can we part the Red Sea one more time? Here we go. Father, we thank you for your goodness and your grace in our life. Bless your people, God, this day. Cause your face to shine upon them. Overshadow them. Lift up your countenance towards them. Be gracious to them. Keep them and give them peace. In Jesus' holy name, amen. God bless you. Praise God. We'll hope to see you tonight at 6 o'clock. Minister Barry is going to be preaching the word. Tuesday night, we'll have another service, 7.30, ministry to the whole family. God bless you. Praise the Lord. All you men, sign up for that men's encounter.